Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Lord, we ask that you would take our lives and consecrate it to your service. We do not intend that our lives should be a cause for sorrow in heaven, but we want to please you with the things we do with our lives. So we ask, Lord, please grant us of your Holy Spirit, that by your Spirit we shall make choices that will be in harmony with your will. Speak to us through your word today and help us, Lord, that we will receive power and be sanctified by what we would listen to. We pray, Father, that you also put your words in our mouth, that we may speak words that will help others to come nearer and nearer to you. Thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, July 18. How to Study the Bible. Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. John chapter 5, verse 39. The Book of Books has the highest claim to our reverent attention. We must not be satisfied with superficial knowledge, but must seek to learn the full meaning of the words of truth, and to drink deep of the spirit of the holy oracles. To read a certain number of chapters daily, or to commit to memory a stipulated amount without careful thought as to the meaning of the sacred text is a work of little profit. Some portions of scripture are indeed too plain to be misunderstood, but there are others whose meaning does not lie upon the surface to be seen at a glance. Scripture must be compared with scripture. There must be careful research and patient reflection, and such study will be richly repaid. As the miner discovers veins of precious metal concealed beneath the surface of the earth, so will he who perseveringly searches the word of God as for hid treasure, find truths of greatest value which are concealed from the view of the careless seeker. No effort should be spared to establish a right habit of study. If the mind wanders, bring it back. If the intellectual and moral taste has been perverted by the overwrought and exciting tales of fiction, then you have a battle to fight with yourself to overcome this depraved habit. We are surrounded by unbelief. The very atmosphere seems charged with it. Only by constant effort can we resist its power. I appeal to young and old. Make the word of God your textbook. Here you will find the true standard of character. 
all over the field of revelation are scattered the glad springs of heavenly truth and peace and joy. They are within the reach of every seeker. The words of inspiration pondered in the heart will be as streams flowing from the river of the water of life. Our Savior prayed that the minds of the disciples might be opened to understand the scriptures. And whenever we study the Bible with a prayerful heart, the Holy Spirit is near to open to us the meaning of the words we read. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is How to Study the Bible. And the key text is taken from the book of John, chapter 5, verse 39, where Jesus said, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So we see now we have a pandemic of what people are doing today when they go to the Bible, to the scriptures, to search it. They are searching the scriptures for different reasons but we're called to understand that no man can rightly present the law of God without the gospel or the gospel without the law the law is the gospel embodied and the gospel is the law unfolded the law is the Ruth the gospel is the fragrant blossom and fruit which it bears so we have a situation where people are trying to study the Bible and most people are sincere and so the reading is calling our attention on how to study the Bible. So many other books have crept into us unawares, climbed into our windows, all kinds of novels and all kinds of romantic lovesick sentimentalisms and children and youth are engaged in this habit of reading all kinds of materials and so when they take the Bible to read it now it becomes a challenge and so the incentives on why we should study the Bibles are encoded in today's reading. What a beautiful reading. Amen. I'll read again from the second paragraph where it says, The book of books has the highest claim to our reverent attention. We must not be satisfied with superficial knowledge, but seek to to learn the full meaning of the words of truth and to drink deep of the spirit of the holy oracles. Hallelujah. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. See, when the wise men came to Jerusalem, they said, We have found his star and had come to worship him. You will never give homage to Jesus if you don't know him. You will never know him if you are not familiar with his words. Job said, I esteem his words above my necessary food. And when the psalmist was writing, he says, The words are health to my bones. Psalm 119 verse 9, So where without, by what means shall a young man cleanse his way? It is by taking heed and according to the word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. 
Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. The word is indeed light. It was that light, the star that directed the feet of those Easterners to find the babe of Bethlehem. That word startled the dwellers of Jerusalem, the priests of whom it was said that they were were supposed to seek knowledge out of their lips. See, when the wise men came and asked about Jesus, they said, we have found his star. And the people were confused because they were supposed to be the ones who were to tell the world that Jesus is coming. They were supposed to tell them the time of his birth. But they were not searching. They were not searching the scriptures. Now God brought strangers a group of men outside the covenant to remind them of what was written in the book. Outside for the Christians today, you can be in the church with the Bible in your hand instead of reading them to find out what duty, our duty, then God will have to use Muslims to teach us even how to dress. Outside, most wondrous book bright candle of the Lord, star of eternity, the only light by which the bark of man can navigate the sea of life and gain the coast of bliss securely. It was the light that directed them to Jerusalem. It is that light, the word that will guide our faith to the heavenly Jerusalem. Why should not this book, the reading is saying, why should not this book, this precious treasure be exalted and esteemed as a valued friend? This is our chart across the stormy sea of life. It is our guidebook, showing us the way to the eternal mansions and the character we must have to inhabit them. I'll read now from a high calling. January 25, it says, There is no book, the perusal of which will so elevate and strengthen the mind as the study of the Bible. Here the intellect will find themes of the most elevated character to call, our, call out its powers. There is no nothing that will so endow with vigor all our faculties as bringing them in contact with the stupendous truth of revelation for those who are still looking for a brain app to download you know there is always this thing going on when they will, people will tell you to do certain things to strengthen your brain and to you know keep your brain sharp and to improve memory so we've been told that there is nothing that will strengthen and so improve the intellect as the truth found in the book of Revelation. The efforts to grasp and measure these great thoughts expands the mind. We may dig down deep into the mind of truth and gather precious treasures with which to enrich the soul. Here we may learn the true way to life, the true way to live, the safe way to die. Hallelujah. A familiar acquaintance with the scriptures sharpens the discerning powers and fortifies the soul against the attacks of Satan. The Bible is the sword of the Spirit, 
which will never fail to vanquish the adversary. It is the only true guide in all matters of faith and practice. The reason why Satan has so great control over the minds and hearts of men is that they have not made the word of God the man of their counsel, and all their ways have not been tried by the true test. The Bible will show us what cause we must pursue to become hers of glory. As the heart is opened to the entrance of the word, light from the throne of God will shine into the soul. That word, cherished in the heart, will yield to the student a treasure of knowledge that is priceless. Its ennobling principles will stamp the character with honesty and truthfulness, temperance and integrity. All over the, the field of revelation are scattered the glad springs of heavenly truth and peace and joy. They are within the reach of every seeker. I, I just read from the fourth paragraph. So the beauty of Daniel and Revelation is hidden in symbols for the careless seeker not to find them. You know what, what I mean by careless seeker? And it's rightly so because some people, they search the scriptures to look for hooks to hang their doubts on. Some are skeptics looking for errors in the scriptures. They overlook simple duties. They jump into exercising themselves in matters that are too high for them, entering into unnecessary genealogies and arguments and distrust, and seeking to obtain those things which are calculated to strengthen unbelief and darkness, instead of searching for evidence to strengthen faith. They take the opposite course. And if you continue in that line, if you continue doing that, Satan will direct your mind and the course to suit his own purposes. You, you see, some people love to combat. And when you, they enter into the field of battle, they don't even know when to stop or lay down their arms. You love to argue and have indulged in it until it has led you, it will lead you from the light, from the truth, and finally from God. So sad, many will be lost in darkness with the light in their hands. What shall we do? The fourth paragraph continues to say, And whenever we study the Bible with a prayerful heart, the Holy Spirit is near to open to us the meaning of the words we read. You see, the Bible is not a newspaper where you just go and buy a newspaper on the street and you open it anyhow and begin to read. You should never study the Bible. The Bible should never be studied without prayer. Before opening it, you call for the Spirit to give you understanding of the text you read. These are words of life now. And there is nothing more calculated to energize the mind and strengthen the intellect and the study of the Word of God. No other book is so potent to elevate the thoughts, to give vigor to the faculties, as the broad ennobling truths of the Bible. If God's words were studied as it should be, men will have a breadth of mind, a nobility of character, and a stability of purpose that is rarely seen in these times. And so the reading is calling us to go back to the Bible 
I don't know where your Bible is. Find it, dust it up, and start reading. That light may begin to enter into those dark recesses of the soul. May this be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. How to study the Bible. And our key text once more, 5 John verse 39. John chapter 5 verse 39. The first principle God gives us is that the aim and the focus of, find, of studying the Bible is to find Christ. Search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. That's Jesus. John chapter 14 verse 6 Jesus said unto him I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In the book of 2 Timothy 3, the Bible says that and that from a child, 3 verse 15, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'll tell us that one of the ways to begin the journey into understanding the Bible is to divest ourselves, divest ourselves of our own knowledge, our own understanding. Proverbs says, "Trust the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not on thy own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path." You see, the first point in understanding the Scripture is to know or have this mindset or this conclusion that I'm not wise enough, I'm not intelligent enough. I want to know what is God's will. You know, in the book of Ezra 7, Ezra reached this same conclusion. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. What was the first thing Ezra did? He prepared his mind. He reached a conclusion. He proposed in his mind. He said, okay, this is my conclusion. And this conclusion can come based on different things you observe in your life. For me, I saw that I was making a lot of mistakes. When I thought I was, I could be wiser, when I felt, okay, I could be smarter, I found myself making mistakes. I was making wrong decisions in my life and I felt very bad. In fact, looking at how the decisions I had made, I saw the effect on my own life. I saw men. I've done, I've made a disaster out of my life. And I had some difficulties, some habits I could not overcome with all my resolutions. So I felt, what is the need of all this? I will do this, I will do that. I can't see myself even overcoming anything. I can't see myself directing anything usefully. So what is the need of priding myself 
I could not trust my intelligence. So, I want to still say the first point is self-humiliation. Or some words we say self-abnegation. That's you humble yourself. There's nothing you're not seeing yourself as anything big. Consider yourself like a child. Like a stranger traveling to somewhere you don't know. You know the first thing you do is to ask questions. You call people who know the direction and they tell you. You don't pretend you know. You 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 know that you don't know because you're going to a place you don't know. So in this world we are strangers. So we should a- approach the scriptures, approach life with the mind. Lord, I don't know anything. David will say I'm a stranger in the in the world. In this earth, hide not your commandments from me. So with this mindset prepared, then we can now go into the scriptures, knowing that the principles which we are going to find in the scriptures will be what will guide us. Principles about any subject, whether it's marriage, whether it's business, whether it's training up a child, or how we relate with people, how we deal with people who are oppressive, we find all this wisdom in the Bible. That's why the Bible says that all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture. Remember, I didn't say here all movies, or sitcoms, or um, magazines, or I mean, all the tools that the world employs to communicate. So in your mind, it needs to be settled that my wisdom is from God's word. And then, with this mindset, we can now pray and enter into the scriptures. The next thing I also observed for me that helped me in the the much I have understood is my relationship with God. In the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, when I was meditating on this text, I found out that my relationship with God really begins with what He has done and who He is to me. In Exodus 20 verse 1, the Bible says, And God speak all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Therefore, God now says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So I look at my past and all the things God has done for me. And I and now, because of what he, he has done, he deserves the number one place in my life. And for Israel, he took them out of bondage, which nobody else could do. And for us too, we can look at we have life and all the benefits of life, which no one gave to us except God himself. It's on this basis we now enter again into searching for who is this person. I admire him. I want to be like him. Look at his benevolence. How does he make the sun to shine for everybody? I remember a woman who told me that one of the things that attracted her to Christ, because she was a Muslim, was when she compared the life of Christ and Muhammad that the difference was startling. That she saw the humility of Christ. 
she saw the simplicity saw the care the tenacity the sacrifice the patience the straightforwardness the sincerity the honesty of christ she was she admired it and said to herself i want to be like this man even when she became a christian she said the person who baptized her told her see you may see a lot of christians other elders who are not faithful or honest don't worry about them you didn't even join christianity because of them focus on christ so having understood the first step which is i'm a child then the second point which is i am going to learn about christ in which case the focus is to learn the way which he does things then we can now begin the journey the journey in bible study is finding god and the way he does things and the things he likes and the things he hates and the way he wants me to conduct myself you see if you're a self-centered person you can study the bible and understand it because a self-centered person's objective is to make people notice him in dress in speech in 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 song and everything worldly people want to be noticed they want to take pride they want people to know them and observe them but it's not the same for a christian for a christian the, the focus shifts from self to christ to god the person who has made life beautiful who has delivered them from sin so since it's no longer about you which is by the way why many people don't like studying the bible because it reflects it, it it tries to hide self from them they want to show themselves and something is telling them don't go that direction so that, that's by the way so if your point is to find christ and he this way he, you're, you're charmed by the way he does things then you begin to fish out the principle so i'll give a general rule for instance we've been told compare scripture with scripture that's one of the basic things and in comparison you're trying to find out what god is saying and then reflect upon yourself and see okay is this thing part of me i'll i'll, I'll give an a, a just a drop down of some points now for instance number one you're reading a story for instance a story and in that story you have god you have the people who are characters in that story and you see the scenario what is happening in that story and in that story you want to know how the people are behaving then you also observe what is god's reaction to their behavior and then you take note what god didn't like there or what he commended in their reaction and then you you, you step back and reflect and say hmm so god does not like someone to be say adultery god doesn't like adultery okay okay and then in the scenario something may have the way that adultery may have been reflected or practiced may be different in different stories you read it may not be the same so you begin to learn okay the different ways which this can be done and you come back and say okay if i want to please god this is what God likes and this is what God hates. By reflection, you apply that principle to yourself. You go to another story, you see the characters there. There's Abraham and then there's his servants. Then there's Lot, his brother. And then you see the way 
there's contention between Abraham's servants and Lot's servants. You see how Abraham resolved the issue. He said, please choose any place you want. He's the first one. He's supposed to have chosen first. But he gives the obligation to his brother and say, please, I'm not really attached to these things. What do you want? And then Lot makes his decision. And then he goes towards um, um, Sodom. And from there he enters into Sodom. Anyway, the Bible says he saw the plains. And he liked it. At the end of the day, that decision that Lot made wasn't the best for him. In the sense that it was Abraham that should have chosen first. However, he gave the prerogative. There was nothing attached to position for him. So you step back and say, okay, in order for you to resolve problems, it's not best to just always claim for your rights. Jesus, you know the man who came running to Jesus and said to him, Master, divide this property between my brother and my myself. And Jesus said to him, man, who made me a judge over thee? Beware of covetousness. So you see that God does not like covetousness. And you see how Abraham practiced that. And you get the principles, okay, okay, this is how God wants us to relate to these things. So, by and by, your opinion of God is being formed as you look at these stories and reflect upon them. And this is not without prayer, like we said, the devotion is saying. As you make that determination and have to learn of God and you are prayerful about it, the spirit of truth, like Jesus promises, will, will come to make these points relevant to you. And that's how it seems like the Bible is, enli- is enlightening. It breaks like a sweet-smelling savour before you get understanding deeper than even someone who is preaching may be preaching to you. The Holy Spirit applies those principles to you. I'll give another instance. For instance, for us who are here in Africa, we have issues with witchcraft and all this um, and sorcery and then um, all these other uh, events that are scary for people then you want to know okay what does the bible say about this because there are so many superstitious beliefs and stories around these things as a christian they they want to intimidate you with fear in fact at the time if you're some of these are traditional rites you find some cultural rites that involve practices that are not in line with the scripture but then they threaten you with death and threaten you that you're going to lose this and some of these things really happen so, but then you want to know what does the scripture say about it? We want to know where do I place my foot on? We are doing a Bible study. Bible study is not separated from your reality. It has to influence your reality and your practices. So, I, I, I have a story in Numbers 21. And I'll try to, I, in the story, it tells how the children of Israel lost their protection. In Numbers 21 verse 5, it says, And the people speak against God. And against Moses wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness for there is no bread neither is there any water and our soul loathed this light bread the Bible says and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they beat the people and much people of Israel died therefore the people came to Moses and said we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Now, from that story, I just picture as, okay, 
one of the ways we lose our protection because God is always protecting his children those who have made a commitment to serve him one of the ways we lose our protection is by the way we relate to God if we're always murmuring and complaining because before this time they are complaining God has done so many miracles the Red Sea the daily manna and all these things but they were ungrateful so I picture okay we can lose our protection some things can happen to you when we sin against God in which case Sin, which is transgression of God's law, is a way of losing our protection. That's a principle on reflection I have gotten. You can also remember the story of Balaam and the children of Israel. Balaam, Balak called him to curse the people in Numbers 23. And Balak said, verse 11, And Balak said unto Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse my enemies, and behold, thou hast blessed them all together. And Balaam answered and said, verse 12, Must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord hath put in my mouth? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he had blessed, and I cannot reverse it. So in my mind, I'm saying, okay, nothing can really happen to the child of God except God permits it. Whether good or evil, nothing can happen. Good or evil. Evil now is, for instance, what happened to Job. It was only based on God's permission and it was for his try, for his faith to be strengthened, actually. So God still had a good intention. But back to the story, the point is God is in charge. Even Balak wanted to curse, but he could not curse. We are doing a Bible study here and we are reflecting. We are thinking of how God is relating to the children of Israel. And what did God say to Balaam? Why he could not curse? The Bible says in verse 21 of where I was reading, which is Numbers 23, Behold, he had not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither had he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He had, as it were, the strength of an unicorn. Verse 23, Surely. There is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what had God wrought? You see, the reason why God, the cause could not work was because the Bible says there was no enchantment against Israel because God did not see any iniquity. There was no willful sin as at this time. There was no willful, prepared, arranged disobedience. So God took charge of the of Israel. And you remember the rest of the story? Balaam now advised Balak to organize a party in which the Israelites came and their guard was down. And then they lost the protection. Many of them died. So I get the principle, okay, there's something called divination. There's something called enchantment. Yes, there are witches and wizards, as you may say. It's one of the fruits of the flesh. But then, my protection is in staying with God. I have nothing to do with sin. I'm running away from it. It doesn't mean if you've sinned against God, you cannot repent. Which is what they did in the first story I read. But the point is, I'm gathering opinion about how God behaves and how he, how he relates, how we should relate together with Him. You see, you're doing a Bible study, you're reflecting. 
you're meditating hurrying too many stories and not applying to our life will not benefit that's what the reading today tells us reading so many men, uh, memorizing so many passages of the bible without calm reflection and prayerful thought will not benefit you you need to take some time to reflect and you will enjoy this episode you enjoy this experience of reflecting on the word of god it's amazing how much the holy spirit can really tell us he's willing to teach us he's willing to teach us another story i also remember for instance in the case of marriage i'm thinking okay what does the bible say about it i may not have a marriage counselor in the immediate moment but the bible talks about marriage and then i go to the story of abraham and how he talked to his servant Elias and told him, you're going to find a wife for my, my son. But I don't want you to go among these people or these people. And the reason why he said that was because these people don't fear God. I need a God-fearing wife for my son. In verse 4 of Genesis 24, he said, But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said, Paradventure! The woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land when, from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son thither. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, that had sware unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He has sent he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. So this is a story now. So let's apply the principle. In this story, we see Abraham, we see his servant, and we see God mentioned. And then Abraham lays down the principle. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So I take that principle. Okay, that's what I should consider. Then he says, what if the, the, child, the woman refuses to cross the river? What should we do? Abraham said, make sure you don't do that. It's better my son remains unmarried. So I take that point. Okay, marriage must not be a must. It's not a must if the conditions are not fulfilled. Then you'll be wondering why did Abraham say if he must cross the river? Because Abraham himself made a journey of faith. And the wife or the woman must also make her own individual journey of faith. Crossing the river for Abraham was a journey of faith. And anybody who was going to be joined to his house must be someone who has taken, made the same decisions and taken the same, made the same steps that he has taken. When Abraham crossed the river, the people mocked him. They were not, they, they, they saw him as insane. So sometimes your journey in the faith, your journey as a Christian, people will mock you. Yes. But it's only somebody who can also understand what you are going through, understand what your faith really is that you can join together with. I'm learning. This is, I'm putting myself, seeing the principles that are playing out. And then I see that Abraham prayed for his servant. His servant also prayed. And then the servant made a test, a request and said, God, the woman who does so, so, so thing and then, which is bring the picture and helps to give me water. If I ask the person for water, the person gives me water and then goes an extra step to feed my camel then i know this is you prospering me he prayed for the angel of the lord to be with him but then you see in the story there's a principle playing out there's hospitality there's thoughtfulness there is care and you see the, how god works in the situation we are doing a bible study we are seeing 
the principles, the character of God in it. It's opposed to someone who just says, okay, Lord, anybody that just calls me on the phone this morning is going to be my wife. What principle is that? What did you test? Okay, so we see that from the storyline, you know the characters, you put, you see how God reacts to the story and how the people uh, reacted and uh, behaved in the story, what God commended and what he did not dislike, and you're moving on step by step. That's way to do your Bible study. One way, uh, the other way, again, is also your comparing scripture. Okay, let me look at this story. This is just one story here. I need to check what the Bible is saying somewhere else. Some Bibles have cross-references. Some Bibles also have um, story lines that can help you to pick up some of the story because it may be difficult for some people to know, locate the stories. Cross-references and then and also some story uh, catalogs of some story books. So let me recap so far what I have said. Number one, understand that we are not intelligent we are not wise enough to guide ourselves be humble be humble like a stranger finding somewhere going somewhere he has never gone before he asks question number two we are trying to find christ and the way he does things that's what we want to learn because we admire him he's uh, he's the fairest of the ten thousand number three in any story or narrative you're reading in the bible try to understand who are the characters involved what are the activities going on number two that's a understand who are the characters involved but b understand what are the activities what's going on in the storyline c understand okay what is god commending there what does he not like and then d you reflect okay is this character in my life i should do something about it i should change my view about this i should change my perception that's another way to reflect all these things you're doing comparing scripture with scripture so that's what we have covered so far the other part of bible study that may be tough for some people is the prophecies bible prophecies and it's really can be more difficult it's not as plain as reading storylines but prophecies are written in symbols most times bible prophecies the book of Daniel and Revelation. And Gen- Revelation 1 verse 1, God said that he signified, that is, he symbolized. In also Daniel, he used animals. God used animals to represent kingdoms and they are called beasts. Daniel 7, 21, 17, 23. So you see, it's now taking a different uh, tenor. You have to use codes there are codes, there are Bible symbols that God used. For instance, again, a woman in Bible prophecy represents a church. A pure woman is a pure church. A harlot is an impure church, a church that teaches wrong doctrines. So that's you're using symbols now to decode. That's Bible prophecy. And that requires more thought and more time. But it can be understood. Now, in Bible prophecy, you're not just trying to satisfy your curiosity. You're trying to know what instruction God is trying to give me. For instance, in Luke 21 verse 20, Jesus told his disciples, um, When Jerusalem is surrounded by an army, no, it's time to flee. And history says in AD 66, it happened. Roman army came and surrounded Jerusalem. Disciples watched for the sign and they fled. 
it is said that not one Christian perished. Now, it's not just decoding the sign. It has a decision it wants you to make or an action, action it wants you to carry out. And that action is flee in the scenario I just cited. So, prophecy can be understood. It requires more time. It requires understanding of the, the symbols that make up the prophecy. Now, in the case of um, um, Daniel, Daniel chapter 8, the Bible said that he did not understand the vision. It was tough. He tried to understand it. He said none could understand. But there was a special blessing that came to him. In the same Daniel 8 verse 16, after having put his effort, the Bible says, God spoke to Gabriel and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. I love this text so much. Make this man to understand the vision. So while you're studying the Bible and even prophecies in the Bible, God sees the effort you put in. And then he says, okay, I can see he really wants to find this treasure. He's digging for it like someone who's looking for precious um, metals, gold, silver. Go and assist him, Gabriel. He will send his ministering spirit, Hebrew, Hebrews 1, says that there are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. So be sure, there's a promise, there's a divine help, but God needs to see the effort that we put in to understand and he will help us. So, and as you learn these things, like Ezra made his decision, share. As you share, God will give you more. Don't learn to keep for yourself. Ezra determined to share. Yes, he said he prepared his mind to seek the Lord of God, to do it, and then to tell others. So that will also improve the Bible studies. So that's some of the things that God wants us to take note in our mind in Bible study. I'm sure I've not covered everything about it, but this can be a good start. This is some of the things that has helped me, and I pray as we do these things, God will bless us fulfill his promise to us in Christ's name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for revealing to us your word. Thank you for telling us how we can go about knowing you and understanding you and loving you, Lord. We know you have done so much for us. I pray that you will increase everyone's appetite to spend time with you. Help us to remove the distractions that will want to stop us from knowing you. Please, help us not to also put something in place of our quiet time with you. As anyone who is listening to this podcast makes time to study their Bible, Lord, I pray that you sit beside them as you have promised, according to your promise, Lord, and take them from page to page, leaf to leaf. Highlight the points that you want them to learn every day of their life as you have promised to do to us. Let your word shine before us and be a light unto us and a guide unto us. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.